One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love on Radio Glamorgan. My guest today is our newest volunteer to Hospital Radio Glamorgan, who spent the longest time ever as a trainee, not because he needed it, but because of COVID-19. After stints with Luke, Grant and myself, as well as hosting an hour show on a Saturday evening through October 2021, in November, he started his own twice-weekly show on a Tuesday and a Thursday early evening, the Dave Skillen Playlist. We'll hear from Dynamic Dave after his first choice, maybe from Ricky Henderson. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing fine, mate. Thank you very much. That was a start and a half. Yes. I love it, I love it, I love it. You're very welcome to music, it was my first love. Dave, tell me about your first choice, please, if only because I know nothing about the singer or the song. Right, okay, well, to to be honest with you, Andrew, um, Ricky Henderson, uh, I know the track was released in 1960, um, but I've got my sister to thank for this, because my sister is uh, 17, 17, nearly 18 years older than me. Um, so when I was, was growing up in Cumbran, my, my sister was a nurse and she worked at, uh, Cardiff Royal Infirmary. So, um, when she was away, either training or whatever, um, I, I can always remember we were, we, we, we were in the, the, this, the, the, the I was in the living room in, in, in the house we, we had in, in Cumbran and, um, we had a, a dance set, uh, record player, um, all, all in red, with the, the speaker at the front, the grill at the front. You lifted the lid up, and there was this mechanical um, device that, that picked the speeds, and then you, you pulled this, this lever down, and it would make this clicking sound, and then your singles or LPs w- would just drop and play with a ceramic needle. Now, I, I must have been about, I don't know, six or seven, um, but I vaguely remember this. She had this record collection these singles and what we've just heard may we may we by ricky henderson i've still got and i still play it um and it still plays although there's some scratches it still works and it was one of the ones because it, I, I can't remember what label it might have been parlophone but it was it it was all the others were, were were black they were um uh the apple things and and and, and they would there was no color but this one was a vibrant red and maybe it was something that attracted me to to playing this, and I loved stacking like six or seven singles as many I could um, on the dance set, and they would just drop one at a time. And as of course, as the as as the, as the record player got older, the the more you put on, the slower the, the yeah. single would become. <laughs> you know, um, but that particular track, um, I. I just loved dancing around the living room listening to this big band song because uh, for a a kid of about six or seven, it was something completely new and different to me. Um, And for my formative years, I've got my sister to thank for um, my my love of music, I suppose, especially some of the early stuff that she's got, you know. But we've had that a lot on Radio Glamorgan, and, and, and I'm the youngest of three, if you have older siblings, it's very common that your musical tastes start with them. Definitely so, definitely so. What first uh, got you involved with Radio Glamorgan? How did that start? Um, well, to be honest, um, I, I I remember being in, in the house one day and um, my wife hadn't long started working 
um, in one of the departments down here at, at UHW. And she went past the window a few times, and um, there, there was an older guy uh, sitting where you are. Um, and uh, she she came back home and she said, you know, the, the radio station in the hospital. I went, yeah, oh, yeah, fine. She said, well, you've always liked that. I went, yeah, I know, but I don't know. And she said, give it a go. And I went, she said, no. She said, next time I go there, if there's anybody in, I'm going to knock on the window. Um, And she did. And whoever was in your seat um, sort of beckoned to her and told her sort of, you know, what to do and where to go. And I did get an email from somebody. It might have been yourself. It, it would have been it, myself, yeah. yeah. Um, and and then it all went quiet, and I thought, oh, okay. Um, and the next thing I know, um, I get the call to to come down to the the the, the social, the, the the introductory the introductory meeting, the meet and greet, the meet and greet, yeah. Um, and from there, it kind of blossomed. But I've always, I've always had a love for radio, but possibly that that links to to my background. Um, in performing arts, because before becoming a teacher, I I tread the boards, so to speak, because <laughs> I did I did train at the um, what is now the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama um, from 1986 to 89, um, and you know when I left drama school in 1989, I went straight into the, into the profession, um, and I worked solidly uh, as an actor for for quite a few years. Um, even running my own company uh, at one point, um, but radio was 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 a medium that I, I felt I I wanted to tap into more than I did, mm. and and I look back on that some of those times and I mm. so this was for me um, not only to enjoy um, you know the, the being behind a mic and and um, introducing some of my favourite tracks. But to, to, to give something back, I suppose. So the itch for uh, broadcasting came from that, that acting itch? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Would we have seen you in anything, or was it stage work? Uh, oh, casualty? Most... Everybody had to be casualty. Well, I, I, did, <laughs> I, did do, um, I did do a little bit in casualty a long time ago, and, and for my sins got injured <laughs> in, in the process. Uh, I had to... Um, I. That's researching the part uh, a little bit too much. Definitely did. I, I I started a pub in. I started a pub. I started a fight in a pub in Bristol where they filmed it then, um, and um, I ran out of the side door and I flew across the bonnet of this police car, and my the my momentum carried on going and and i sort of launched myself into the tarmac and um i had to get treatment for my hands because i they were they were bloody and it was it was a mess it was an absolute mess your second choice dave is a tony hatch composition by gary mills tell me about looking for a star right okay now this really goes back to the time when um as a kid um i loved i love movies especially horror movies, um, anything from the 30s up to the, the 70s. Um, and what I, what I used to do was um, my bedroom was at the far end of the landing and my parents' bedroom was at the top of the stairs. 
And I worked out, because we had a separate toilet and a bathroom, I worked out that if I flushed the toilet, because it was a slow fill, um, and it sort of echoed across the landing, I could time coming out of my bedroom door, creeping along the landing, creeping down the stairs, and missing the, the creaky floorboard. And if I was the last one up to begin with, there was... As long as I didn't pull the living room door tight, because if you tried to open it, it would make a hell of a bang. Um, if I just, just pulled it too very gently, I could then get in, turn the TV on, keep the volume down, and I could stay up late and watch these movies. So this All because of the toilet system. All because of the toilet system. <laughs> it was such a slow fill, and it made such a racket, I, I could actually walk across the landing, <laughs> and, I, and I timed it. So, But, you know, my, my dad, my, you know, he, he might have been reading and he might have fallen asleep, but my mum was probably a fairly light sleeper, so she probably knew what I was doing. Mm. But it was the case of, oh, well, you know, let, let him have his half, you know, 90 minutes of fix of, of watching the film. So this particular track... Um, it always comes to mind because um, I remember um, we we I don't think it hadn't been long we had it when we had a colour telly, and this was a, a movie from 1960 and it's called Circus of Horrors, and it stars uh, an actor called Anton Diffrin, and it's basically about this this plastic surgeon that does a botched job on on somebody and goes on the run and goes into this this circus um, where there there are some disfigurements and he corrects the disfigurements uh, to make all these beautiful people but if they spill the beans on him sort of some nasty accidents befall the circus performers um, and this track is actually played um, while there's a, a an act going on in the circus arena, and it's a it's, it's and it's one of those tracks because it's it's such a it's such a daft little number, but it's stuck in my mind. Did did these late night films not give you nightmares? <laughs> Once, <laughs> but, but that's another story. <laughs> doesn't seem worth the living and you don't really care who you are have you always been a music lover then uh yeah to be honest um uh any any sort of form of entertainment music film um i love it uh can't get enough of it so yeah yeah and is it just the one elder sister yes so was that where the music at home was coming from did your parents play records um i think um Mum liked liked her style. Dad the same. Um, it was the the influx of because my my sister sort of uh, grew up in in the sort of late fifties sixties. Um, you've got uh, all that inf influence. Uh, you know, Dionne Warwick, the Beatles, um, Ricky Henderson, um, the Rolling Stones, and you know Dusty Springfield, and it, and that kind of thing. Um, so those were the first records that I kind of listened to before anything else, you know, before I even thought about, well, you know, Radio 1, Radio 2, um, or, or even bothered with the charts to some extent, you know. I, I, to, I suppose if, you, if, if I look back at my childhood, which I loved and, and, I, and I, had a, I had a blast, a wonderful time, I'm, I was possibly musically out of step with 
what was going on around me mm. because I was listening to uh, older things. Um, and possibly that's why my appreciation goes right across the board in terms of my taste in music, you know. And my parents as well, because my dad, my dad was older, so, so you know, some of the things that, that he listened to, you know, you, you kind of grab onto somebody's mm. coattails and sort of go along with that, you know, um, which is why my, my, my taste in, you know, certain films and that, you know, it's, it's because of what he enjoyed and those sort of values or whatever have been instilled in me, you know. But it's interesting what you say, because I think I was much the same. My brother was introducing me to um, Yes, yeah. Supertramp, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Rick Waitman solo stuff. Yeah. None of that was being played on Radio 1. None of no. that was in the charts. No. And no. I couldn't talk music. With my, the people I loved, no, most of the other people never even heard of. Yeah, that, that's very true. You know, I th- and I think because um, as I was growing up, um, you know, uh, uh, around me, some, some of the kids I was growing up with, they, they sort of go, what are you listening to that for? Yeah, no, rubbish, you know. Uh, and you think, well, you know, I'll, I like what I like. Hmm. So until I, uh, and I think it really was until I went, went to drama school, um, that, you know, you've got other influences coming in that I started going, hey, wow, well, why didn't I, why didn't I hear that 15 mm. years ago or 10 years ago, you know? And, and sort of, I, I sort of embraced a lot more then, you know? Um, and now my, my oh God, my, my taste is really quite varied. Well, I, I think it is anyway, you know? Mm, I've, I've seen your playlist. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Your third choice, Dave, is from a very, in my opinion, underrated legend, Perry Como. Yeah, And yeah. written by the great Don McLean, which I didn't know until a couple of days ago. Oh, right, I didn't know that uh, either. And I love you so. Yeah, um, well, this, this is, this is from a mum. This is from a mum. Um, you know, um, it was, it was religious, I have to be honest, that, um, we had a um, a, a record player in in the living room when when the dance set, uh, you know, shuffled off uh, shuffled off this mortal coil, you know, and um, my dad used to buy my mum Perry Como records for for Christmas and birthdays and so on and so forth, um, and my mum had a lovely voice, my mum had a lovely singing voice, she really did, uh, so she used to sing, she used to sing to uh, sing along with with, with Perry, um, and then every Christmas without fail. Um, whenever the BBC put on the Perry Christmas, uh, Perry Coma Christmas show, um, we always had to watch it. And and I used to look across at my dad, and my dad would, he'd be sitting in the armchair rolling his eyes. And then, but, but my dad actually, I think my dad liked Perry Como as well, you know. Um, and it's it's funny because it's with with um, when, when my mum passed, we played this particular track um, at her funeral, um, and I can hear her singing it now. Um, but also, you know, I've, I've got some of the Perry Como Christmas albums and I, I play them religiously every Christmas. And um, there are certain tracks where the hairs on the back of my neck go up because, you know, she's in the room with me. So it, it, it means a lot. It means a lot. I guess they understand how lonely life has been. You're a teacher by trade. I am now. Yes, I am. Yeah. How did you get involved working with uh, autistic and special needs children? Well, um, okay. Uh, to be honest, it was it was one of those things where I had um, done most of my uh, professional teaching um, working with um, further education, 
Um, and my second job in FE uh, took me to Birmingham, um, where I taught performing arts in, in a sixth form college there. And while I was there, um, one of the assistant principals uh, was chatting to me one day um, and said, um, have you ever worked with um, children with, with, with special needs, Dave? And I went, oh, ages ago, I, I used to run workshops um, in the Welsh College. Uh, oh, right. I said, why? Um, well, we've, we've got this idea that we, we want to run by you. So they, they put it to me. And across the road from where the college was, there was a, a special school called Calthorpe, uh, which hopefully should still be there. Um, and from then until the time I left Birmingham, so for a good seven years, every summer I put on a summer pantomime with the children of Calthorpe, um, who were, um, in terms of um, the the issues that they had, it, it was right across the board from Down's autistic. It, it, it was a, a myriad of of of, of things that, that you know that, that I dealt with and 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 what they taught me as well working with them and I also um, my you know some of the people that I worked with um, uh, especially my students I got them to work with me as well so it was a learning experience mm -hmm. for them um, when I came back to to, to South Wales um, I got in touch with Caerphilly County Borough um, and they, uh, because I, I knew somebody uh, in the in the, the uh, local LEA, um, and they basically said, well, um, you know, we, we run this department called IOTUS um, and uh, would you be interested in being able to, to go to children's houses who, for one reason or another, can't attend school? whether they've got, they suffer with severe anxiety um, or they're autistic. And I went, oh, okay. Um, so they put me on a few training courses um, and I, I, I started going out and I had this complete epiphany, really, um, that I could, um, you know, get things out of these young people and communicate and, and develop relationships with these young people that, other tutors hadn't been able to do um and it's it's blossomed from there really uh and i i thank uh the lord to to, to birmingham for for one um allowing me to do what i did up there but but now for kafili to to allow me to run with this in a slightly different way but to give me the um the confidence that I can carry on, you know, and support these young people and, and give them, um, I don't know, give them, give them hope and, and, and that there is something else out there that they can, can do, you know. And is there a team or is it just you? Um, there's a team of us. Um, but what they usually do is um, they, give, um, they give certain people to certain pupils akin to their specialism so i i get quite a few of the 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 children that that um suffer with um anxiety or are somewhere on the spectrum hmm. you know and and you touched on it just before you had to have training it, it wasn't a question of oh well i've taught in the class no no no, no 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 um you know i i had a variety of uh you know kafili sent me on a variety of courses but i, I think um 
it, it's one of those things that you it's instinctive to some extent because when they start telling you when you go on a course and they start telling you certain things you might not know the official name for a certain uh behavior pattern mm. but you've sensed it yeah so you you know what it is and then you go ah right now i understand but but i would have called it something else mm. but i fully understand where you're coming from so uh i've i've learned a lot over the last Oh, well, eight to nine years I've been doing the job, but I absolutely love it, and I wouldn't trade it in for anything now. And since in in the short time that we've known each other, we've talked yeah. quite a lot about what you do. Yeah. Um, and I know that during lockdown, a lot of these were dealt with on Zoom. Yeah. How? How is now? I know. Uh, two children who are possibly autistic. They're not being tested, but. They're not comfortable with Zoom. Oh, it's, it's hard enough getting them to talk on the telephone. It was it was so so difficult because uh, until I was given the go ahead that I could actually go back into homes or to meet these young people outside, um, it was uh, you know online. It was Zoom. It was phone calls, and the my my my, my one pupil. Um, you know, his mum would ring me religiously uh, at nine o'clock in the morning and he would be in the kitchen because I know he was there because she put me on speakerphone. So um, she'd say, she, you know, she, she'd say, yeah, it's Dave. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, I know it's Dave. Mm, yeah, fine. Mm. Uh, well, I, I'd say, is he still there? No, no, he's gone. No, he's pacing. OK, um, but but it was the fact that even though um, he'd be there in the background and occasionally uh, would add something to the conversation that his mum was, was talking to me about. Um, it would be the knowledge that I was there. Yeah. I was present. That was enough for him. That was enough. Yeah. So the contact never went away. Um, and it's been such a blessing that from September I've been able to, to go back into homes and and to, to see them again because it it is like to some extent, rebuilding the relationship mm. again um, because they've missed so much, you know. And it's it's been it's been a terrible time, tragic, really, when you mm. think of with, with some of these young people who can't function um, in what we would class a, a normal school environment, mm. you know. But they need support. Um, and I've missed it. I've, I've missed going out. You know, um, I, I know you know people have been furloughed and and so on and so forth do, during the pandemic but um you know i worked solidly right the way through it so did my wife and so did my daughter because they work in uhw yeah. you know how how i don't know if it's happened to you yet, but how do some of these children cope they've built up this relationship with you he knows that you're in the room yeah when the time comes that they have to part company with you um, that must be difficult to adjust to. It's been very, very difficult. And the the one lad that I've just been talking to you about, he is in year 11 now. Um, and he's linked to a school, although he's never been to that school. Um, and they are trying at the moment to um, get an extension of my time with him so that when it comes to the end of, of year 11 next summer... Um, I'm still involved in 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 some way um because uh you know it it's going to be a wrench not only for him but but for the family who mm. who've taken me taken me into their hearts to a certain extent um and you know they 
they like me being around and I'm there Monday to Friday, you know. So it is it, it is a wrench. And when I've when when I've I've said goodbye to, to some of these um some of these young people that I've taught, it it's it, it hurts. Mm. It it is emotional because the bond you, you you have with them because you're not just a tutor. Um, you know, you, you become part of the family unit and mm. they rely on you. Yeah. You know? So it it's yeah, it, 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 it can be um yeah, it can be a wrench, a real and wrench. This is like everyday education, this is paid for by government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so there's yeah. no cost to the families. No, no cost to the family at all. No cost to the family at all. Your fourth choice, Dave, is from the Ed Sheeran and Elton John of their day, uh, Bing Crosby and Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Tell us uh, about the track you've chosen. Right, well, um, the track I've chosen, this this actually goes back to, to my dad. Uh, you know, my dad, um, you know, um, he went through the Second World War, um he he loved Bing Crosby. He loved Bob Hope. He loved the road movies, and I remember um, one Christmas because um, my sister and brother-in-law had uh, then emigrated to to Canada, um, and they they sent him um, from Canada uh, on LP, and thankfully it arrived in one piece. Hmm. Uh, Bing Crosby's Twenty Golden Greats, and I've I've got it now. So and I play it occasionally, and he used to love. Uh, and I, I, I can just see him now sitting, sitting in the armchair, over a, a Christmas period, and he always liked a cigar. He, he, he shouldn't have smoked really, but he did like a cigar at Christmas. Um, and he used to light up a cigar, and he, he'd either have a glass of port or a glass of Drambuie because Drambuie was something that he really liked. Um, and that was it. And he listened to this, and he loved this track with Bing Crosby and Louis Armstrong, and he'd sing along to it. And I, I can just hear him doing it now. i tell you why I can't find you. Every time I go out to your place, you gone fishing. They really don't produce singers like they used to. Today. No, they don't, mate. And that is such a good track. Yeah. Oh, it is. And we were just saying off air, he could sing Bing Crosby. Oh, he could sing. And he so really calm. Um, Dean Martin was the other one. Just yeah. oh, that care in the world. Completely laid back. Uh, it, it was as if you just go into the studio, do it, and just go out to the yeah. golf course or, or go fishing. You know. And, and crooner is a perfect word. Oh, yeah. They're just crooning away, yeah. aren't they? Absolutely fantastic. A real emotional classic uh, for your next tour. It's written by B.A. Robertson and Mike Rutherford and featuring one of the greatest vocalist of our generation, Paul Carrick, The Living Years from Michael the Mechanic. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just think the lyrics of this song resonate so deeply in me. Um, you know, my my father passed away um, in the April of 2000, and my daughter was born uh, in the December of the 2000. So he never met my daughter um and i think you know what might have been if if he if he lived that little bit longer um but it wasn't to be um and when i've you know when i've listened to this song and when i when i play this song it it, it just sends goosebumps right my spine it, it because it it just reminisces on Everything that probably went through my mind, what I could have said, what I didn't say, and it just means a lot to me, this song. Say it loud, say it loud, say it loud. 
online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker, we are Radio Glamorgan. It's up to you, New York. just love that absolutely love that track and i tell you what it takes it takes me back to um to the royal welsh college of music and drama or as it was just called then the welsh college of music and drama <laughs> uh, and um <laughs> and it was uh, and and um I, I i when when you walked into that college um and you walked into the common room um there was a left and a right um and if i'm looking at it now down down that in, into that common room, there was a massive divide in the centre of it, and um, the one side were the musos, and the other side were the drama students, and never the twain <laughs> would meet would meet until until every Christmas and summer, um, a mate of mine uh, called his surname was pronounced or, or so he told everybody Rafael, but it was spelt Raphael. So I always used to call him John Raphael. Um, and he, he was a lovely guy, a, a great mate of mine. Uh, old, he was a couple of years older than me, but he was in the year below me. But John had what he affectionately called his wheels of steel, which was his record deck, which was his, his, his two double turntable, you mm. know. And they get him to do the disco. So we finished off. Um, and this this is where um, a song can bring both sides of the college together because at the end of the night when everybody was a little bit worse for wear and the drink was flowing and everybody was in, a, in, in happy spirits, he used to play this track, he used to play that track. New York, New York, Frank Sinatra, and everybody in the Butte Theatre because they pull, they get all the tape, uh, all the chairs back, so it's a complete bl- blank space, and everybody form a circle, link arms, and it didn't matter whether you were music or drama, you just sang and danced your heart out, and I've got vivid memories of that, and it was fantastic. It was such a wonderful time. Dave, your uh, training schedule uh, with Radio Glamorgan has been severely dogged and rather (laughs) non-existent uh, due to COVID. Yes. But during lockdown, you didn't sit back. You recorded some great shows from home. um, And during August, September and October 2021, we've been able to fast-track the training. (laughs) Fast-track it (laughs) late. You've been working with Luke. You cover the night train for two weeks, co-hosted with Grant and through October hosting a full week run of the Dave Skillen playlist on very late night Saturday. Yes. Now, from Tuesday, November the 2nd, 5 yep. till 7, and Thursday the 4th, 6 till 8, you'll start regularly presenting full-time the twice-weekly Dave Skillen playlist. At time of recording, the first show is eight days away. Yeah. Excited? Um, absolutely ecstatic. I, I can't... I can't thank everybody enough um, for one having the faith uh, and and just letting me do this because it's it's just like um, I, I'm I'm a child in a sweet shop and I've been let loose um, and and I'm putting my hand in in all the cookie jars and and getting all the sweets that I want to and I can play what I want to and of course within reason but I am enjoying it and it's wonderful to be sat where you are now mm. and to see the people walking past and the patients and their relatives smiling at you, waving 
waving and you think i'm making a difference and it's good yeah. and it's great and long may it continue there's been a very quick turnaround between um us talking about when you're going to be able to do a show um and these eight days that are coming up. Yeah. So maybe this is an unfair question, but any idea at the moment as to what to, you want to bring to the show and what listeners can expect? Well, I know um, I'm I'm going to be playing. Um, uh, I think uh, I'm going to be picking uh, a vinyl track every week um, because uh, it's lovely to have the turntable sitting quite near to me now. So I'll be able to play that. Um, I, I'd love the listeners, um, you know, I'll put some stuff on Twitter. I'd love the listeners to get in touch with me um, so that they can they can request things. Um, there, there's, there's a few little ideas that I've got sort of flying around in the back of my head. But I, I just I just want to have fun with it. And, mm. and, and I want them to enjoy what I put out there. And it's probably important then to put out and you just to, to uh, important to explain that although it's called the Day of Skill and Playlist, that doesn't stop people requesting. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. You know, it's 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 not just my playlist; it's the listeners' playlist. And if they want to request, if they if they want to give me a shout out, please do. I'm I'm all for it. I've already kicked you off your second week, haven't I? <laughs> yes, you have. yes you <laughs> we won't say who it is, but there's there's one more recording for this series <clears throat> of music was my first love. Okay, and I've been desperately trying to tie them down, and it happens to be uh, your third show, so you're going to pre-record it. That's yeah. right. That's right. I am. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell me about your next choice, Dave. It, it's interesting. A lot of the lists that I get from guests, that, and I've mentioned this before, there's occasionally the odd left field song that you really not expecting in there yeah um so uh this might be yours i wasn't expecting starship and nothing's gonna stop us now right okay this is this is my wife this is this is diane my wife his um, wife. yeah oh. yeah no 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 it's seriously this, this is she's she every time um this this comes on um in 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 the house especially sort of christmas and new year um the karaoke has to come into it and my wife gives this a blast and for for years now i've, I've been saying well well I, I don't get it what what what's the attraction well you know and it it boils down to the movie mannequin where this track is featured i believe quite heavily and it stars if memory serves me right Kim Cattrall and Andrew McCarthy. And my wife <laughs> had a crush on Andrew McCarthy. And they were I think they were posters on her bedroom <laughs> wall. And 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 before I think Before you were married, I Before yeah, yeah, oh yeah, before we were married, yeah. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and it was and it was this kind of thing that, that she every time, every time this came oh I love this. I love it. And I, I got to the bottom of it and, and this is for Diane, this is for my wife, because this song, she can't help it, she gets up and she has a good bop around and sings to this. Enjoyed so far about your time with RG, do? Um, to be honest, it, it's it's meeting it's meeting all these new people that that um, you know that that uh, I, I I can start to become uh, to to call call friends now, uh, and and to be part of another community. I I, I love it. I think it's absolutely mm. fantastic. Your eighth choice uh, on this edition of Museums I First Love is from Ricky Barton. Tell me about She Bangs. <laughs> right, okay. 
okay. Well, okay. Um, now this this is um, I, when I used to when 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 we used to live in Blackwood. Um, we uh, we had a little cottage in, in in Blackwood on Woodbine Road in Blackwood, and um, I used to work at that point in time. Um, I used to run my theatre company out of what was what what is still now the Blackwood Miners Institute, um, and every lunchtime um, I, I'd sort of come home, grab a sandwich, and uh, and my and when I opened the the, the door um, to to the to the house, I go into the door, you go straight into the living room. And my wife had my infant daughter attached to her hip, which was where Tanwen would be for most of her early years. And my wife would have um, Ricky, Mar- <laughs> Ricky Martin on the hi-fi, top of the volume, uh, she bangs, and I can hear it opening the door and this coming out of the, the hi-fi speakers and my daughter beaming and giggling all over her face and jumping up and down on my wife's hip and all I can I can remember that period of time being so happy um, because because just to see the, the look on, on my little girl's face uh, that she was enjoying it enjoying every minute of it and that's one thing even when I'm uh, when I went away to work in Birmingham you know that the bond that my, my my wife and my daughter have got is so strong um, and it, it was it was wonderful to see and long may it continue. We were just saying off air, weren't we? 1970s, I've been banned. Among some of the things you've been doing for uh, Radio Glamorgan Dave has been movie recommendations. You're a big movie fan? Massive movie fan. Um, I, I suppose I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit lucky. Um, you know, I, I collect 8mm um, and 16mm film prints, um, even though uh, I think uh, my wife is getting a bit cheesed off now because it's taking up the space. <laughs> so so uh, I've, uh, we, when, we, when we had an extension, I converted part of the, the, the room downstairs into a bit of a cinema, so I've got... Um, digital and, and film projection and um, I've got a lot of prints um, and I'm, I'm going to Blackpool next weekend to, to actually get some more, God help me so uh, I've just got to be careful really because uh, they're, they're, they're quite heavy and um, and they take up a, a lot of space You've got a big house Dave um, it's, it's, a, it's a three bed semi and um, maybe I've just gone a little bit overblown <laughs> over with the fifth things to be honest with you. Uh, <sighs> interesting uh, penultimate choice, Dave. Tell us about Grandad's flannelette night shoes. Right. Well, okay. Um, this this goes back to when I was a kid, basically. Um, uh, my my dad, um, who's sadly no longer with us, uh, he uh, fought in the war, so uh, he uh, introduced me um, as a youngster to probably. Uh, Variety acts that again are no longer with us, um, and I saw one or two of them at the tail end 
of their career. We went to Margate um, years ago on holiday. I was, I was only a kid. And um, while we were there, I, I was lucky enough to see one John Pertwee in, in concert. Oh. And, he, and he was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. He really was. And my father queued for hours to get his autograph. And like a fool, I just stood behind and, and wouldn't go and see him. I wish I had now. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, and uh, while we were there, we saw a variety act. We saw... Um, what is it? Um, Elsie and Doris Waters, I think they were called, who were Jack Warner's sisters. And in the 30s and 40s, they had, they did characters called Gert and Daisy, and they used to do, and they and they had films. They had a series of, oh. of comedy movies. Um, and Sandy Powell, um, who was must have been in his 70s when I saw him. So poor, poor devil's no longer with us. Um, and it was um, it was wonderful to to see these people, and through that, you know, my father also introduced me to um, the Crazy Gang, Flanagan and Allen, and this individual as well, um, because uh, I also enjoyed watching Saturday morning cinema. Uh, on on TV, BBC, because before the time of Swap Shop and Saturday Superstore, um, they had the the Buck Rogers serials, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, they had um, you know uh, Laurel Hardy, um, Abbott and Costello, and this fella, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, and Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, of course, yeah, um, and this guy I've always loved. You know, I wish I could play the ukulele. Uh, I can't. I've tried, um, and. I love watching this guy. He's cheeky. Um, the the double entendres that he uses. Um, when I was a child, probably I didn't really understand, apart from I thought, well, they're a little bit naughty, but it made me laugh. And this guy makes me laugh. He really does. And he is? Mr George Formby. I've been and had a quiz and I found out what it is by his granddad's flannelette shirt. Lordy, lordy, his granddad's flannelette shirt. They really, really don't make them like they used to. <laughs> no, do they? they don't. They really don't. <laughs> oh, jeepers creepers. Anyone who's heard uh, the Saturday Night Playlist uh, will know that you have a varied choice of music. Yeah. So, from Perry Como to Starship and George Formby, your final choice is from the House Martins. Uh, any reason for this particular track? Yeah, um, I went to see them. I think it was um, 19... It was either 1988 or 1989. So, it was coming to the end of my time in uh, the Welsh College in Cardiff, and somebody said, oh, I've got these tickets. It was a Sunday night. And I went, oh, yeah, OK, whatever. Um, yeah, I'll come. And we queued um, all the way down Queen Street. In fact, by the time I arrived, I didn't realise who they were uh, or how popular they were. And um, the queue down Queen Street was phenomenal. And we went in, and it was this, it was a nightclub. And I think it's where Primark is or somewhere around that area on the left-hand side of Queen Street. Crazy. Shouldn't have been a venue for a, a, a live concert. There were about four or five acts on before them. And by the time they came on, um, I worked my way to the back of uh, the auditorium uh, by the bar to, to watch them because people at the front, you know, they were hanging from balconies. It was so dangerous. But when they came on, you could hear a pin drop. And they did all the hits and the encore they came on for this one and i've never heard an audience fall silent like they did when they played this song and it stayed with me well till now sort of 30 odd years you know it is a phenomenal experience and 
they were a cracking group. They really were. So, Dave, November 2021, uh, you become the host of your own radio show. Yeah. Uh, sounds good, yeah? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah. And you've been getting a lot out of your time so far with Radio Glamorgan. Uh A phenomenal uh, amount of, of really good quality time with the radio station, meeting new people uh, with a similar interest to me and, and, and making new friends and, and generally, you know, feeling that I'm giving something back and, and, and it's something that I've always wanted to do and, and I love it, absolutely love it. And you would recommend it to anyone? I would recommend it with... Out a shadow of a doubt to anyone, it's the best thing I ever did. And if you've got any sense, you'll get onto the website and you'll find out how to become a volunteer. Do it because it is the best thing you will ever, ever do. Cheers, Dave. No problem, mate. Won't you let your love flow, flow from your heart? Every woman, every man. Join the caravan of love. You've been listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Glamorgan, where volunteer Dave Skillen has been choosing 10 of his favourite tracks. I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon when another guest chooses their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love. Music of the future.